0: hello and welcome to another episode of Tot's podcast I'm your host Ben Gardner today on the show we have my good friend Adrian Hollister she is a fellow podcaster so she's basically part of the family and she is re- redefining midlife Adrian welcome to the show
1: what's up fam so good to be here
0: welcome welcome well I've I've given you a high noon mm-hmm. and my favorite drink by the way your your absolute favorite drink we mm-hmm. are currently not sponsored by high noon but high noon if you're listening yeah. Hook us Hit us up. up. Yeah. What the hell, Heine? I mean? Come on. <laughs> but I'll
1: still drink you for free.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But semi free stuff. Um, so welcome. Uh we we are in the studio today, which which makes me very happy because then we get that I call it uh crispy butter. My mm-hmm. uh yeah, like that nice that nice crispy butter sound.
1: Crispy, okay. Yeah.
0: It's like butter it's, from the freezer? Mm, yeah, okay. Okay, okay. I could do that. My uh, my editor uh, Ryan bless his bless his soul came up with crispy, crispy butter, good lord, and uh, I love it because you sound smooth like mm-hmm. like soft butter, but then it's nice and crisp.
1: So you know I edit my own shows. I'm gonna think of yes. that now as I'm editing because I understand yes. that life.
0: <laughs> I'll get you I'll get you a crispy butter T-shirt. Okay. How about that?
1: Okay, I'll take it.
0: Before we start, <laughs> uh, I I need to give you a couple things. I have a couple presents.
1: Okay, I love presents. You. Yeah. <laughs> And surprises.
0: I know you like surprises. (laughs) (laughs) So these are Todd's Podcast official stickers. This first one is just for the podcast.
1: I got to lick it before I stick it? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, don't lick the stick. It's adhesive. You're (laughs) going to die like George Costanza's (laughs) wife with those cheap envelopes. That's been my recent obsession is is, uh, Seinfeld.
1: You know, my favorite thing that George Casanza says is when if you're at work and you're sleeping at your desk, yes. if someone catches you, just get up and say, amen.
0: <laughs> oh, you were praying.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm oh, praying. Oh, so good. I was praying.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I love that show, too. It's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. This sticker, this is, this is very special. Okay. The folks at home can't see because this is not a video podcast right now. Right. <laughs> but um, this one is Tater. I'll post a picture of it. And uh, he's on a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I'd I'd like to present that to you. We've only got 76 of those printed. And uh, if you're a fan of the show, uh, I might make one available and do like a giveaway. Um, The only other way to get it is if you're friends with me, uh, family, I'm dating you, or you come on the show. um, And and I'm I'm set with the dating, so nobody can get it that way. Um, This sticker is very special because it's a limited print. And one of the 76 will be in space within the next two years.
1: I am honored, and that's incredible.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, floating around the international in space station. <laughs> Literally, yes. high places. Mm-hmm. Yes, relatively. I mean, because once you go up at a certain point, you just you just far instead of high, right? You're yeah, like in a yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've been to NASA. You've been several to, times. Mm-hmm. Where which NASA? Uh, Cocoa Beach, and oh my gosh, I always forget the name where they launched. Where they launched? No, that's uh, Houston's where they speak. Cape Canaveral. Cape Canaveral. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've really? been on top of the UAV UAV building. No way. Swear to god. I have picture, I have to show you photos. Oh, that's so cool. i mm-hmm. I've done some cool things in the past.
0: But uh, Apparently, <laughs> I mean holy shit. You're doing some cool things now. Yes. Which I mean that's not the only reason you're here, but it certainly helps to have an interesting person on. Um you have a sex podcast. Yes. And and that is one of like uh before you know we started the show, we were talking about like I don't know a gazillion different things and that's mm-hmm. one of like <laughs> A gazillion things that you do, but um, you have this this podcast where you talk about sex, and uh, you're unbelievably successful for how long you've thank been you. doing this. It's
1: it's been. I am so humbled. I can't even tell you. Uh, I hit the one year mark in December. Congrats! And thank you. I'm still shocked and amazed at the response and. This is my passion. This is my purpose. I absolutely love being a podcaster. I love podcasting. I love my podcast fam. And it's amazing to have an impact in someone else's life. And normalizing sex, that's what I want to do. So
0: yeah. And, and, redefining, and redefining, redefining midlife.
1: midlife. Yes. Redefining <laughs> midlife.
0: That is awesome. As as kind of a youngin, uh, describe to me what redefining midlife means to you. Like, what what is that all about?
1: Sure. Well, really quick, I want to plug my podcast. So It's called Midlife Craving. Yes. I came up with it as like kind of a play on like midlife crisis because I feel like at this phase of life, you're craving more. You want more. And so I'm redefining midlife because I feel like I'm there right now. And it feels odd to even say that most people think of midlife as like 50s, you know, or, you know, you're getting over the hill. But to me, I mean, so the average lifespan is 80. So I'm here. I'm there. I turned 40 in August. This is midlife. And it's also a weird phase of life. So, you know, in your 20s, you spend going to college, you know, finding your partner. Society puts a lot of pressure on you to settle down, you know. So you do that get married. Then in your thirties, it's time to really work hard in your career and build that for yourself. Buy a home, have kids, you know, life, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. (laughs) It's like, um, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage. And then your thirties, it's like, well, when are you going to have another one? And just immense amount of pressure. And then all of a sudden you do all these things and it's like, now what? And that's where I'm at right now. And it's a weird place to be. And a lot of my friends, myself included, were divorced. Uh, we're out there back in the dating world. It's a weird place to be. And no one really talks about it. So that's what I'm doing. I think my show has been a, a, such a success because I'm authentic, I'm real, and I don't hold back. So
0: You are very real. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I, uh, I want to give a shout out to Pat for connecting us yes uh so so the way that adrian and i got connected was i was in a disney world uh (laughs) a couple months ago and um this guy pat in ireland who runs uh, a podcasting group he's he's starting a whole podcasting app and he's got a lot of really cool stuff going on um connected us and he was like hey like i'm all the way over here in ireland but i'm almost positive you and adrian like live near each other Mm -hmm. so like you guys should meet up and like, like talk and help each other out. And it's been such a blessing because when I have shit going on, that's like, screwed up and like i need help with podcasting stuff you're there when you need stuff like i'm the, like it's been so nice
1: well listen pat is at podcastagram on instagram He's yes amazing what an amazing soul and he has created quite the culture for us podcasters over there for sure uh love that and i love him but you saved my life this week i actually dedicated I episode 28 to you because without you i wouldn't have been able to interview my guest. she's in canada and thank you for that. And of course, you know, you said us podcasters, we got to stick together and that's what we're doing. And it's an amazing exactly. culture, amazing crew. I love my podcast fam. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I it's weird that you say that because I have met a couple different podcasters and I think I've only met I mean, I've probably met like 20 or 30 at this point. Okay. I've only met one host that I like didn't like. Wow. And it, was, it was weird because this community is so supportive of mm-hmm. everybody else that mm-hmm. it's like, it's it's like all of us are working together to like just be able to have a voice and like get heard. And everyone is so unbelievably supportive. When you first join, it feels fake. Yes. It, it's really mm-hmm. weird because people are like overly supportive. Like, what can I do for you? Like, how can I help you, you out? Let me tell you what
1: I've learned. Absolutely. Right. And you're mm-hmm.
0: like, what's their angle? There's no angle. Right, what's like, the catch? They're mm-hmm. just nice people and they've been through the shit and they don't want you to go through the shit. So they're like, let me help you out.
1: Cannot agree more. You know, today I went live on TikTok and I was showing people the behind the scenes of podcasting. I was showing them the, you know, the the material that I use and the podcast closet that I've created for myself. And it was really (laughs) interesting. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, that's where you do it. I'm like, yeah, you know, we're all all out here living the everyday struggle. And uh, (laughs) so we got to stick together. (laughs) It's rough in these streets. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's so funny too, because I feel like there's such a stigma around podcasts and like being a straight white male from a from a pretty privileged family. I feel like I get uh, I get made fun of a lot by the people around me for having a podcast, but I actually kind of like it because I don't think that everybody should have a podcast. I think everybody should have the opportunity to create one and see where it goes, mm-hmm. or to be on a podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't think it's it's necessarily for everyone, and I think all of the like the uh, the tough love I got in the beginning really solidified like yeah like this is something i should do
1: well ask someone that's a little bit older than you <laughs> just a little fuck them who cares yeah. what they have to say
0: yeah you know okay. like I, true. it
1: doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about you or what you're doing or what you want to do for yourself if you believe in yourself and you feel good with the decisions that you're making in your life that's all that matters that's something like else got you got a, pick up i feel like i just got life.
0: like a beautiful like <laughs> mix between like walt Disney speech and like like fucking rock Johnson <laughs> like motivational and like that. that's great yeah. I appreciate that
1: seriously though uh, and if someone that is in your inner circle you know if they don't support you and they don't want to watch you grow not somebody that you should have there so, oh yeah that's something else you learn in life I have lots of lessons and I love to learn the hard way that's, <laughs> that's the beauty about me but uh, <laughs> I feel
0: like you can't have a sex podcast and like to learn the easy way it's gotta be hard right
1: it's always hard <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also think... Sorry, I had to.
1: You you threw it out there. I set you up so frequently. I mean, really. I'll be here all week.
0: I think the other reason (laughs) I I really like our friendship is because, like, I'm very inexperienced in, like, life shit. But I'm about to hit this weird age. Like, I just turned 24 Mm -hmm. two weeks ago. And I'm about to hit this age of 25 where people start expecting you to have a couple of things. And it's either car, house, wife, baby. Okay. Oh, baby. No, too soon. Okay. Okay. So car, house (laughs) or wife. I want to have like one of those things when I'm like 25 or maybe like two, probably not all three.
1: So it's called Your Quarter Life Crisis. Yes. You do okay. go through it. It is a yep. thing. Uh, John Mayer made a song about it. And I remember when I turned 25, I felt it, the pressure to get married, settle down, because I was in grad school at the time. And they were like, it was funny. My grandmother one time at Thanksgiving was like, Adrian, are you going to bring one of your boyfriends? I was like, Grammy, all my boyfriends <laughs> want to be with their wives on their home holidays. Okay. <laughs> so no, no guys are going to be here for this. Anyway, but just – Make the mark. I appreciate, you know, set marks for yourself. I told yep. you my five-year plan that I have, but yeah. make it your mark. Yeah. No, don't worry about what society thinks you should be doing or what, even what, you know, your parents think, uh, what do you want to do in your soul? What does that tell you? If you, if your goal is to buy a house, then go buy the house, but don't do it for anyone else but yourself. Right. That's a I great, that's a, comp- yeah, that's a great compass in life. Like, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for someone else? And I spent way too long in my life doing things for other people. Uh So... Yeah. Like I said, I like to learn the hard lessons and then yeah. I'll help you.
0: <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> what appreciate not to do. that. You get to go through all the bad shit and right. I just get to be your friend. That's like, hey, um, how do I avoid all of that?
1: Listen, you can reach out to me. I know a lot. I know a lot about stuff <laughs> from narcissists to toxic traits, toxic personalities, uh, all the above. There's a lot. Yeah.
0: You're, you're very wise for I'm here 40, for you. Thank you. For half of your life.
1: Thank you. I don't look 40, though, do I? No.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I think that was the other weird thing when we started talking is I was like, yeah, like she's like, you know, I was like 28, like 32. Oh, come on. And then you're like, yeah, like I'm 40. And I was like, 40? Or like, I think it was when you were like, uh... When I found out the name of your show, it was like,
1: midlife. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What do you mean midlife? It is. Thank you for that. Count. I got I know.
0: you. I'm a kiss ass. So but can I- <laughs> it kind of comes with the territory.
1: <laughs> but can I tell you that I don't feel 40. I don't yeah. think I look 40. That's what's also weird is that all of a sudden, I mean, your life flies by and you look back, 10 years have gone by already. Yeah. It's like, whoa, how'd that happen?
0: How old do you feel? 28. <laughs> yeah okay
1: <laughs> that's a good age by the way you're but you're hitting 30 that's a sweet spot although no let me, let me rephrase that 40 i feel like is where it's. i feel like the next decade really? is going to be the best decade of my life yeah i know who like i am that. okay i know what i want i am unapologetic about it now and i'm free I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm yeah i'm absolutely liberated
0: <laughs> i like that yeah talk to me about um Let's let's get personal. Okay. I, I like getting personal.
1: I usually don't get too personal on my show, so this is new for me.
0: I know. I'm yeah. I, I like to get personal with the guests. So this this will be good. Okay. Um talk to me about like your late twenties and then thirties. You were in a marriage, mm-hmm. you had a child, mm-hmm. now you're you're here, you're more successful than ever. You're a fantastic mom having seen you Thank and you. your daughter interact. Uh you're unbelievably successful and you're like you have all of these things that you want to accomplish, but you're setting like realistic goals and actually like getting shit done. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about where you were then and then how you got to where you are now. That's a huge transition.
1: You know, it's funny. I'm actually a lot of people ask me. One of the biggest questions is, Adrian, how are you so confident, Adrian, especially you know, in the bedroom or whatever? But yeah, confidence is earned, I feel like. And your life experiences help you get there. If there's one thing I can do, it's to try to help my listeners uh, know that you can move forward and there are ways to have a shortcut. Like I want to give you like a leg up, you know, but so yeah. my twenties, I was a people pleaser. I am like a definite, really? I'm, I'm a definition of codependent. Um, okay. I grew up in an alcoholic home. My upbringing was a lot different than others. Um, it was rough. I grew up uh, in, Basically, section eight, um, didn't come from a lot, had to work really hard, you know, and I was actually just telling a friend last night. I appreciate the way I was raised because it made me really strong in who I am today. But my 20s, I was a people pleaser, I did all the things, got the degrees, got the job, worked really hard. And then the one place that I lack is I trust really easily. Uh, Mm. I'm an empath, so like I fell in love, uh, rushed right into things, got married, And had a baby and quickly realized, like, uh uh-oh, the person that I married is not who I thought he was. Piece of shit. Yeah. And (laughs) uh, that was rough. And so my divorce took a big toll on me. I was extremely unhappy. I was 244 pounds, uh, miserable with myself, miserable in my marriage. I was basically a single mom, but I was still married. So that was a little odd place to be. I know a lot of people like that right now, actually. And that's tough. That's a...
0: Not Sorry to interrupt no. you, but that's like, I've never heard people talk about that, but that's like an epidemic. It is. Of like, you have one of the partners in a relationship, I think probably more often the mom, mm-hmm. who's doing a lot of the things that they shouldn't be doing in terms mm-hmm. of like, they're parenting for two. Right. And then they have somebody, their partner, that's just not contributing, but mm-hmm. you're stuck. Like you,
1: it's you know... A- <laughs> it's a rough place to be i'm gonna be honest with you i really usually don't share this that much uh but i feel like it's important and i'm not ashamed and also part of me still feels like i should try to protect him and i don't this is my truth so i'm gonna say it yeah uh he left me in the hospital he was like i can't do this no sleeping thing and then he moved to the guest bedroom and there i am at that point i had a really successful social media business i lost that in the divorce um that's there's a lot you know oh my god but uh and he moved to the guest bedroom, and so there I was, single mom. I was the breadwinner, I was holding you know holding everything down, and it was rough. Like I was barely sleeping, and that's why I gained so much weight. I lost myself completely. I don't even know yeah. who that girl was. I have no clue who she was. You know what she was? She was surviving. I was strictly surviving. That's it. You didn't it have was time rough. to
0: worry about fitness no, or health or nothing anything. about you me. Were just getting by. Is this right, right after you had? Your 2012. Kid. I, I had my daughter, okay. uh,
1: October, 2012. And then 2014, I started, she started sleeping. <laughs> that was nice. That was a bonus. <laughs> I started getting like eight hours of rest at night and I don't know, something switched to me. And then in 2016 was a huge formative year for me. I like woke up and I was like, I'm tired of being fat. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, you're fat, get your life together. And I lost, you know, 60 pounds. And then I was, I had $42,000 worth of credit card debt. And student loans, graduate student loans. I had about 18000 in credit cards, and the rest was graduate student loans. And I looked at that, and I was like, what are you doing? You know? And so I actually followed Dave Ramsey's baby steps, and I paid off $42,000 in 10 months. Holy Uh, cow. Wait. (laughs) It's possible. Mm -hmm. That's huge. It is. It's a lot. Listen, my friends – and it's funny. You talk about these outside – pressures and people that say things to you. I had so many people that made fun of me. You know, well, we know Adrian can't go out. I didn't step foot in Target or any stores. I didn't buy one article of clothing. I never, ever went out to eat. I mean, I didn't even go to McDonald's. It was like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, it was, everything was for that. And I will tell you this, when I paid that last payment on my student loans, I cried (laughs) at the table.
0: How amazing did Mm -hmm. that feel?
1: It was, it was the biggest win. I mean, that's a culmination
0: of you, like, First of all, I mean, obviously the first step in any like major change like this is recognizing that there's something wrong. Right. So you recognize that you gave yourself some tough love. You found an effective plan and you didn't give up hope in it. And you followed it struggling the entire time Mm -hmm. until that last payment.
1: I was working 24-7. Everybody made fun of me. I missed tons of events. And I also had a big rule in my life. And I actually still don't do it to this day. I don't do presents. I don't exchange presents presents. with people anymore. I don't even do Christmas anymore. Uh, I learned that during my no debt diet. (laughs) Uh, I spend time with people. I want time for my daughter. I tell people, give her time, take her somewhere, have an experience with her. I don't need more toys. I don't need more crap in my life. It was a really great way to minimize your life. It was incredible. 2016 was one of the biggest years of my life.
0: That's really interesting.
1: So let me tell you how this happened. So I'm, I'm literally on the phone, made my last graduate school payment, felt incredible i told my husband i said i want to i want to celebrate tonight i want to go out to eat for the first time in 10 months right i was so excited like i'm a big dive bar girl i like cheap beers (laughs) and i was like i want to i want to you know let it rip hell yeah so that's what i did and i remember we were sitting at the table and he said to me oh what do you think you're so cool now because you don't have any debt good for you and i remember i was like this is over Like, this is over, over. And something happens to you when you start putting yourself first. You stop tolerating the shit that's around you. And it's a really incredible thing. It's a lot of loss. It's a lot of change. There's a lot of uncomfort. I actually thrive when I'm uncomfortable. I've learned. Uh, But it's tough. And that's when the decision was made for me. So I actually, gosh, I've never shared this with anyone. I actually went and saw a lawyer. And the lawyer was like, listen, if you leave, you're going to have to pay alimony. You're going to have to pay child support. Because remember, I was the breadwinner. Yeah. And so... I kind of sat on it and waited, and then I found out he was having an affair, and it was the best day of my life. That sounds terrible, but listen to me: it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it was my ticket out. Uh, And so, done at that. Yes, and so. I was thrilled. It was funny because I actually, this is a lot, uh, but I had a tummy tuck, right? And Mm -hmm. it was three days after I had a tummy tuck. So I'm sitting in a chair. I can't even stand up. Found out about this affair. And I'm like getting my life in order. I was up in a lawyer's office. I had a lender, a real estate agent, and a lawyer within two weeks. And I was like, we're done.
0: Whoa.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so 2017 was a huge change in my life. And uh, I was very fortunate. I had a great lawyer. I made really good moves. But the one thing that I did take a big L on was I lost my small business. I had to reduce my taxable income. Mm. And uh, so I lost my small business. That so was really hard. But, what uh, was it?
0: You said it was social media based? I
1: did social media management for small businesses. And I actually okay. worked for Facebook. I spoke for them really? at conferences. Yes. And I would help small businesses grow their business using facebook i grew up with a facebook right
0: yeah uh,
1: i had my account back when you used to have to have a college id you know to get in wow. i had my Towson.edu okay. email i am yeah. mm-hmm. and then i grew up with house Tals- with a facebook business and facebook actually reached out to me they said who's managing these pages who's doing this because i had a hair salon and a plastic surgeon and a medical spa and they had like tripled their growth in three months and they're like, Damn. what's going on here? Yeah. And so I went and spoke at conferences. I had a line of people been waiting for me when I got off the stage. I was like, oh my God. Holy so I started cow. a business
0: mm-hmm. and, so to and that's how I that, paid off.
1: It was brutal. Yep. It was that, really hard, but how did you, I knew it had to be done.
0: So like, you know, as a small business owner myself, like mm-hmm. nothing to that degree, but building something from the ground up, I'm sure probably like one of the biggest Influences of your self esteem and confidence Mm -hmm. while you're going through this like unbelievably shitty time in your life.
1: Yes, it was my baby. It was gone. Uh, It was dark times. Dark times, Harry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I I talk about summer of 2017 on my podcast a lot because I was very unhealthy. Uh, It was like 90 days of just complete debauchery. I was drinking beers and showers. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't have any addiction problems, but I wasn't taking care of myself, you know, and uh, I was partying and just basically uh just acting a fool. <laughs> that's a that's a lack for lack of better terms uh acting a fool and yeah um I in September of 2017 I got a life coach, a therapist, turned my life around. So Really? Mm-hmm. But then you're talking about my journey, so that was you yeah. know, through my divorce and then I One of the mistakes that I see so many people make when they get out of a divorce is they want to feel that comfort. And that was me. I wanted so bad to have someone that was like the polar opposite of my ex-husband and to feel that happy, safe place. And so I immediately got into another relationship with someone, someone that I knew. I call him Prince Charming on my show uh, because that's what it was. It was like a fairy tale. And we were fast and furious, baby, you know, like (laughs) crashing and burning into a relationship. He moved in within one month. Um, It was like instant relationship. And, you know, my daughter's involved. And so three years with him. And then we separated. I don't I, I. don't want to get into too many details about that yeah. but i broke up with him last april and that was another big shift in my life and here i am 40 single dating <laughs> out in the world but it's been a progression it's been a lot of growth and there's been some times where i'm rock bottom but yeah. once you you know do you do you know david goggin's
0: Yes. I love him. Of course. Love
1: David Goggins. He's like okay. the
0: biggest motivational person uh, in the world. I mean, <laughs> he will get you out of bed in the morning.
1: His book can't hurt me. Everyone should read that book. Really? Everyone. Okay. It's so good. I've not read that. You have got to read it. He talks about this theory of the cookie jar. And so it's a mental cookie jar and you think all the cookies you think of all the things you've done in your life and gone through in your life. so from going you know being a single mother and being left at the hospital uh, to going through a divorce and losing my baby, my business, you know uh, to being sued, that's a weird place to be yeah. uh, and then building myself up from the ground again and then finally you know going through, I had a, My last relationship was rough, uh, and it was hard because a, a, love was not our problem. Uh, there were some issues that he couldn't overcome, and, and I had to go. It was heartbreaking. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done was leaving him, but that had to be done. That's another cookie in my cookie jar. And yeah. so when you're feeling adversity or when you're feeling low, you reach into that cookie jar and you say, look what I've overcome. You know, like getting stuck in the Bahamas with COVID. That's a cookie in my cookie jar. Okay, I spent sure. two weeks. Yeah, two weeks stranded. Uh, to Atlantis, Atlantis, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, okay. That was an experience. That not to like belittle your experience at all. That's my favorite place on the planet.
1: Okay. Um,
0: having cut but having COVID there, shitty.
1: Really bad because really bad. They price gouge you, and oh, there sure. it's a, a, it's basically a scam going on. Honestly, it's
0: unbelievably expensive.
1: Uh, it's even worse when you're stuck there with COVID because they know you have no option to leave. So uh, one test, a rapid, is three seventy five per person per test. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. That experience. So it's funny. Everybody says to me, they're like, "If you're gonna get stuck somewhere, it's it's great to be in the Bahamas." And I'm like, <laughs> the well, Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I just said the shittiest thing that you've ever heard in your life. Six thousand dollars later, let me tell you what it's asshole. like to get stuck in the Bahamas. No, no. But
0: you were in the Bahamas. Yeah, thanks. It just you know, <laughs> it cost I actually, me a mortgage payment.
1: <laughs> two, three. You know, uh, I made this TikTok and it was like things people say to me when I'm stuck in the Bahamas with COVID. And people would be like, Adrian, <laughs> just remain positive. And I'm like, <laughs> I like I didn't think about that already. Yeah, trade places with me. Yeah, like remain positive. I'm like, I am <laughs> I'm very positive right now.
0: I'm very COVID positive. Yeah.
1: And then, you know, they would say, aren't those sunsets? And I would literally, I would open the curtains and be like, another glorious sunset makes me sick. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to be here anymore. I was losing it. But it was a lot of fun. you leave the room or you were stuck no. in the room? So I'm by myself totally with my dependent. eight-year-old daughter. Yep. And I had, I didn't have the phone. I didn't have, I was only going to be in the Bahamas for four days. I had contacts for four days. I only had outfits for four days. I was oh, wearing bathing suits. No. So I was there two weeks. And yeah, it was it's insane. That story is so wild.
0: I think I talked to you a little bit during that time. Like like very briefly. I
1: apologize for anything I said.
0: <laughs> no, I don't I don't remember you saying anything bad. I think I probably said something along the lines of like Oh, I love Atlantis, and and I don't know if I got a
1: response, but it was like you know, I hate to have such a bad taste in my mouth about it, but the way Atlantis treated me was not, not okay, good. and the yeah. way Atlantis is treating people down there is not okay. Taking they, advantage of the locals, yes, and they're and they're saying you know you only have access to room service. So for example, a BLT is twenty three dollars plus thirty one percent tax plus a five dollar room charge every time they come to your room. So for me to get lunch, it was like one hundred and fifty bucks. It's, God, not, it's, it's so it's, bad. My daughter and I, we were stealing room service.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. We were walking
1: the hall stealing uh, used room service from other people, other guests. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when
0: we went, we hit uh how do you say it? A, a, a bohemian?
1: Bohemian. Bohemian.
0: We hit a bohemian grocery store. One of the funniest <laughs> things about that was there was like a, a shaker of like MSG, mm-hmm. like just for sale mm-hmm. as like a spice. And I was like,
1: oh. Yeah, we
0: don't we don't really yeah. do that in the states. <laughs> yeah. um, but we we literally like loaded up on stuff, and it's cheap as hell because it the, right. the actual Bahamas is not expensive. It's these like paradise island, elite, mm-hmm. yeah, resorts. Mm-hmm. So we loaded up on groceries, and we like cooked most of our meals, and like that's tried smart. To save money. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, but if you're stuck in your room, yeah, with COVID. COVID right? It's I didn't not like go anywhere. It I would was have, so like, funny. Like taken, like a, a little piece of paper and written like in. What language do they speak in the Bahamas? Is it English? English. I feel stupid. You really yeah. need to get out there. Yeah. yeah. I've been I know there, all, all I the Caribbean know. islands. I love all the Caribbean islands. I would have written on like a piece of paper and like made it a paper airplane and like flown it down to like one of the. So locals. let me tell you what I did. Okay? Yeah. So I yeah. used my
1: social media prowess to get myself out of the trenches. Let me tell you. Uh, so... I, by the way, you, if you want to listen to my show, it's my season two uh, premiere. I go into detail about the things that I did, the shenanigans. It's a wild ride. And I did something really crazy on my last day. I talk about it. <laughs> I talk about it on my show. But you can only but
0: hear it if you go listen to her show. You should listen to two. it. It's Premier. wild. It's wild. Midlife craving. Yeah, Found everywhere.
1: Absolutely. Amazon, Spotify, Apple. Anyway. Uh, but you let you. me tell you what I did. I used my so- social media skills. I contacted every person that was on that island. So, Instagram, Facebook, I joined all the groups. And guess what? I created this like culture. I had like a food, I I swear it was like a food pantry at my room and I got in touch with all the other people there that had COVID because there was a lot of us and we all got together and I dispersed food to everyone and the guests that were leaving had extra food in their rooms, they would drop it off. It was so bad. Oh, that's so smart. It was, it saved my life. Strangers saved, it restored my faith in humanity when I was there. I'm gonna tell you that right now.
0: That is brilliant. Did you- did you like DM them or did you comment on like posts everything, or what you do? Everything. Okay.
1: I was the girl. I'm, I'm still known as the COVID girl. In fact, one of the guests that I helped get out two weeks ago, she sent me today and she was like, what's your address? I want to send you something. I'm like, you don't owe me anything. It's kind of like, amazing. I want to just help you, you know, because I was, I was alone. I was stranded uh, and I learned a lot and I've been sharing with lots of other guests and helping them there.
0: You're a really interesting person because you constantly go through like terrible shit. <laughs> And, and I always – there's so many ways to define people, but I always mm-hmm. tell, like, my friends, I'm like, one of the best ways is when somebody goes through something difficult, mm-hmm. they either are bitter about it and then they don't do anything and they don't care if other people go through it because I had to go through it. So maybe you have to. That's not my business. And then there's people who go through terrible shit and they're like – I never want anyone to ever experience mm-hmm. that. You are definitely that second person.
1: Thank you. I you know, I'm proud of myself and I will say I'm definitely a the glasses half full kind of gal. I always have been, I always will be and I'm a big believer and you learn this as you get older in what you put out is what you're gonna get back. Yeah. I'm a big vibes person, you know, if I'm gonna, like me and you, our relationship, you know, help me help you and vice versa. Yeah. And it comes back to you time and time and time again. And I will tell you this, the assholes that are being the other way, karma gets them. You just sit back and watch. Get your popcorn, You know what? get your 3D glasses on. It's coming, boo.
0: That's, that's such a reassuring <laughs> thing to hear.
1: It is, keep being good, always be good. That's like some of that. the best advice I could give. Always see the silver lining. Always see the bright side of things, because if you don't, you can then that's who you're going to be as a person. If you're negative all the time, you're going to be a negative you're person. Have a negative
0: life. Yes, yeah. it's it's
1: what you put out is what you attract. You know, I talk a lot on my show about leveling up. Mm-hmm. And in, when I'm in my 20s, I was low. You know, and then in my 30s, I expected a little more. And then in 2017, when I had that breakthrough year, I leveled up, baby. Like you can't even if you if you're not on my vibe, if you're not vibrating with me at my level. You're gone. Uh, so, and it, and, and you know, a lot of people. I have some friends that say dating sucks. Dating's terrible. I'm like, dating sucks and dating is terrible because you keep saying that it is.
0: Yeah, you don't. You believe settle for in less.
1: That. You take guys on dates that you probably shouldn't. You meet men that you probably shouldn't or females, whatever, vice versa. And it's like, yeah, y- you know, look in the mirror. That's a big lesson. Take accountability. Accountability is the biggest thing you can learn in life. Yeah. If you know, a lot of people say my marriage is terrible and my wife does this or my husband does that, and it's like.
0: Why Don't you go look it. inside
1: for a moment? Because most of the times it, it resides within you. It's a lack of confidence thing, an insecurity thing. Yeah. And it takes a lot to hold yourself accountable. Accountability is one of my biggest words in life. I talk about that all the time.
0: Yeah, we uh, there's not a whole lot of accountability going in around this world right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially in the United States. Yeah, we, uh, big problems. We're getting rid of accountability. Mm-hmm. I heard it's last dangerous. week they're they're outlawing accountability. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scary. I think next month. They're, they're completely getting rid of it. Wow. Um, it seems like to me, and and this is fun because I'm at the point where like you were at where like you hadn't learned things and now mm-hmm. you've learned them and now you're helping people like me yeah. to like, like do it the right way. Um, but it seems to me like there's a lot of people going around and not thinking about like 20 years from now mm-hmm. or not thinking about how they treat other people in terms of like, oh, like this relationship doesn't necessarily last. Like this friendship might not make it if I'm a shitty person. There's a lot of people not thinking like that right now.
1: That is a sole lack of accountability, right? A lot of people like to point fingers. You know, you did this and you did that. And they can't possibly think it had anything to do with them. That's a big ego problem, too. So I don't deal with egos. In fact, like I can spot egotistical maniacs from a mile away. And I like I'm like <laughs> spraying everywhere. I'm like, oh, hell you're no. You're an ego sniper. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my, that's that's my spidey sense. <laughs>
0: I think it's also like it's very refreshing to be around somebody like you because you're successful and you are motivated and you are like a go getter but you don't have an ego like bone in you. Thank
1: you. Like I I don't. don't, Yeah.
0: And it's not, I mean, I'm a big kiss ass, but like (laughs) I'm I'm trying to be like accurate because I've met other people like that. Mm -hmm. And usually they're very successful, but it's interesting because they never were at that point when they were being successful, where they were like, I'm going to start being a douche. Mm -hmm. And most people start becoming douchebags. Once they get to that plan, level, I
1: don't, I don't plan on ever being that. I can't stand that actually. How do you, how <laughs> do you avoid that? Thing.
0: Like you do a lot of things. You're a successful person. You, you're kind of kicking butt in Thank life you. right now, but like how, how have you avoided like being successful as a person and not like letting you get to your head or feeling like you're better than other people?
1: I surround myself with really good friends. Who you surround yourself with and the books that you read uh, are key in your life, especially those that are in your inner circle. I did an episode one time about like outer circle, middle circle, inner circle, right? Those that are in your inner circle. And listen, I lost uh, two friends last year when I was going through this big transformative year of my life. You know, last year was pretty big. And you realize people that are just takers – people that are just using you or people that don't want to always put you down to build their ego. You got to get rid of them. And it's painful. uh, But who you surround yourself with. So Uncle Mo on my show, Uncle Motivation. Yep. He's someone that really changed my life. And every day we say kick the day in the dick. (laughs) And, you know, he sent me he sends me motivational stuff all day, every day. And I just really started changing who I surrounded myself with. Uh, I don't know. I'm just always I've always been a very humble person, even people that say to me, you know, oh, my gosh, your show. And I have people that recognize me sometimes and I'm like, "Oh my god, like I'm not I'm not anybody special. I'm just me." <laughs> you know, uh it's it's I don't think I'll ever get used to that. So, yeah. I'm just out here I want to normalize, you know, this crazy that is this phase of life. I want to let other people know that they're not alone. Uh and it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to change your, the entire trajectory of your life at this point as well. You know, it's just, you know, being authentic, being yourself and making moves that you believe in, that's all that matters but who yeah. you surround yourself with that's a big thing. And my friends it's hold me important. accountable. They're good people.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I I definitely have friends that like like I definitely have an inner circle of people. Mm-hmm. I call them the the trio or the trinity. Mm-hmm. And it's like to be to get into like my life and to be close to me, all three of them have to meet you. This is like a requirement and they have to like you. Yeah. Otherwise like it's it's probably not going to work out. And the interesting thing is each one of the three does different things for me. So Mm -hmm. like my best, best friend is the uh, technical producer of the show, Chris Mm -hmm. and Chris and I have this policy that it's hundred percent honesty all the time. So no matter what's going on or how we think the other one might react, if they're screwing up and they need to be called out, they're getting called out there's Account no villain. like like let's dance around or blah blah blah. This also leads to there there's a decent amount of apologizing because we've gotten to really like calling each other out on shit. Mm-hmm. so sometimes it's like, hey like you know you, you need to be called out but I, I probably did it a little like rough mm-hmm. um, but it's it's been different because we've started doing that a lot in the past two years. And the past two years, I've been able to hold myself more accountable because I have somebody that's checking me. Absolutely. So if I'm screwing up and I'm texting Chris and I'm like, hey, like I got this going on and like blah, blah, blah. He's going to text me back and be like, that's the wrong attitude. Mm -hmm. Like you shouldn't be doing that. And you shouldn't be, like, whatever about it. Like, that's not that's not good. And that's, I think having that person's really important.
1: That's a good friend. That's a keeper. Yeah. Uh, I have a friend like that, my best friend, the royal Katina. She's keeping it real. Even when keeping it real doesn't feel good. Or when it goes wrong, she's always keeping it real. And there's been times where I'm like, damn, not, but it's, she's telling the truth. So yeah. I have a red flag for you to watch out for. Okay. Watch for people that are in your life that are the complainers. The mm. constant complainers. Think about this. If they're talking about everybody else behind their back to you... They're talking about you to everyone else as well. For sure. And if they're constantly complaining to you, they're just bringing you down. You know, the people who are running that hamster wheel, living yep. in that endless cycle that they keep themselves in. Yep. Woe is me mentality. That's going to bring you down, too. So be very mindful about that. The complainers. I don't surround myself with any complainers. I have zero tolerance for it. If your life sucks, make it better. Do something about it. Yeah. I have no tolerance for anything less.
0: I like that. Zero <laughs> it might tolerance sound harsh. policy. Yeah. No, but like you have one single lifetime. That's it. And for some people it's very short. Mm-hmm. And you don't know when life it's life is end. short. Mm-hmm. So if you're surrounding yourself with people that aren't letting you, for lack of a better term, live your best life. Mm-hmm. That sounded so white girl on Instagram. Uh <laughs> but it's but seriously, like like if I have on average 80 years and right. there's a there's a decent possibility that something in those eighty years is gonna happen that could either kill me or limit my my life expectancy mm-hmm. then why would I hang out with somebody that's not allowing me to live my best life
1: cannot agree more and one of the things I find in this phase of life that you know my friends that I, I'm around with and people that I work with a lot of people are in unhealthy relationships yeah and they're sitting they're sitting there stuck and at a standstill because it's status quo You know, uh, they stay in marriages that probably aren't the best for them and they don't ever break out because they have that comfort level. That's something I find. And I think to myself, wow, what a waste. Or I had a friend who said, you know, I want to start this business, but people will probably think it's silly. And I just looked and I was like, wow, that's really a shame. You're going to miss like the only like taking risks. you got to take a risk to get the reward. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your failures failure is what teaches you, you know? And if you're worried to take that, all you have to do is the very next best thing. Take that first step. Like yeah. starting podcasting. I, don't, I didn't know how to podcast. I literally had no clue what I was doing, but I knew how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Yeah, you and just have to start. Bought a mic, figured, out found audacity, started doing the whole things. And, yep. and there was a lot of failure, but they all taught me lessons. And uh, yeah, life is very short. And you have to live, if you're not living authentic, oh, you're missing out this is where it's at
0: (laughs) for sure. It's, it's more fun too.
1: Absolutely. I enjoy
0: being more open with people. I think it's also like, I mean, not to be like sadistic, but it's also really fun if somebody's being like a piece of shit to just be like, yeah, like I don't have time for somebody like you in my life. Absolutely. Like if they're not treating you correctly, it's, it's kind of fun to just be like. Yeah, like no offense to you. And like you're you're a fine person or whatever, but like you just don't treat me very nicely and I'm, I'm going to move on to better things.
1: And Ben, if there's one thing, I oh got there's so many things I have to stress and say here, but <laughs> people when people show you who they are, you must believe them.
0: Pay attention. You
1: have to believe them. They're not going to change. Most people really don't change. Maybe if you're working on a relationship, 20% you're going to get. You have to be happy with that because people really don't change. Uh, and if someone's negative or toxic... That's not changing. So you've got to recognize that and believe them. I've had to learn that lesson a couple times. So <laughs> listen,
0: when, when has somebody told you who they are and you didn't believe them?
1: Uh, my last relationship, my yeah. ex-boyfriend, um, he had a problem. I saw it. You know, my, my best friend Katina pointed it out to me. I didn't want to believe it. Um, I hid a lot of things. I covered for him a lot. Yeah. And uh, he kept showing me. He kept showing me. And then there was a final straw in November of 2020. And I was like, we're done. We're yeah, done. You showed me. This is it. You've showed me fifteen hundred times. It was funny. I saw this TikTok and it was like, "You only got eight hundred and thirty-six more times to show me who you are." <laughs> and I was that's like, how, that's it's how me humans in operate. my relationship. But yeah, but I learned. But see, you got to go through that to learn it. And I know it's easy for me to sit here and tell you, you know, these are the things you should do, but maybe one day you might think, you know, what did Adrian say that time? Like, you know, or I don't know, if there's one person I can help, that's the way I started my podcast. Yeah. If there's one person out there who's feeling lonely in this phase of life, who feels lost, and I always say, you know, in your 20s, you get married and have babies, you, you 30s, you get, you have the kids and you, you really lock down a good, solid career. And then it's like, now what? You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Caught me with my mouth full.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep. Listen, you it's know like what kind like of podcaster I am. Ben, ben has the sex
0: <laughs> podcaster on and then keeps using innuendo. That's I I mean, not.
1: It's it's just... I'm not going to let him go. Ever. No, of course. Okay.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Talk to me about being a mom and a podcaster, especially a sex podcaster. By the way, I, I said it earlier and I meant it. You know, seeing you interact with your, your child, mm-hmm. like, you're a good. Parent. Thank you. And and it seems like your kid really likes you, which yes. is cool <laughs> right. and rare. So, like right. <laughs> how, how do you how do you juggle both while also being a single mom and wanting to start all of these new ventures, some that you mm-hmm. told me mm-hmm. off air that are incredible and I think you're gonna be very successful with. Thank you. How do you keep all this shit in the air and then still be a good mom and an incredible podcaster? How does I'm that really
1: work? good with balls <laughs> in the air. <laughs>
0: I barely set you up for that. I barely set you
1: up. <laughs> That's a big question. I have a rule for parenting. Yeah. And the number one rule is you're not your child is never your friend, ever. People that say, oh, my little bestie, your child is never, ever, ever your friend. You are their parent. And I make that clear to her all the time. I also, I'm hard on her. Uh, I expect, you know... Good behavior, excellent behavior, manners, acting right. I want her to be a successful, you know, I want her to contribute to society in a positive way when she gets older. And it's hard. Like one time she said to me, she was like, you're so mean. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you, baby. That's the nicest thing you could ever say. (laughs) I was like, thank you because I'm not your friend. So, okay. That's a big role.
0: That's... I... This is going to sound like a dig on women, which it's not. I'm I'm such a feminist all the time. I'm I'm super progressive and a feminist. Mm-hmm. Um, I have dated so many women that their best friend was their mom, and it is almost always, if not always, awful mm-hmm. because they don't have anyone else that they feel like they can go to. Right, and there are certain things that you probably shouldn't be talking to your mom about Mm -hmm. as like a friend. And then it becomes about that friendship. And then almost always the moms become closed off. Mm -hmm. They're isolated. And then their only friend is their daughter.
1: Right. And then you
0: have two besties, Mm -hmm. but one of them was birthed by the other and there's no parenting involved. Exactly. You gotta have parenting.
1: Yes. That's key. But and I, I will say, too, we were just talking about the balls in the air. You know, being a single mom is tough, really tough. It's the hardest job in the world. And I think it's even harder when you don't have a good relationship uh, with your previous partner. You know, it's funny. I'm out here dating. And one of my things is when I see someone, you know, Dr. B, who I'm seeing, has a great yep. relationship with his ex-wife. And I love that. I value that. That's awesome. And I will say this. If you're dating and you have someone that doesn't like the relationship you have with your baby mama or baby daddy... Squash that, like you know, only mature adults in the room. Thank you, bye bye, um, because that's a beautiful thing when parents yeah. can co-parent together. I don't have that blessing, uh, and it's rough. So, for instance, that you know, this past week I had an incident where because you're not you can't you can't sneeze you can't cough anymore. So the school called all. me and said you got to come get her, and I was like, oh my god, because I you know, I'm working full time, and so I hauled ass, went and got her. It wasn't my day, but. He picks and chooses when he wants to be a parent, and having a sick child isn't something he wants to deal with. Well, yeah, and you're was, an
0: adult, and, and he's a child, so right, so, kind of how it works.
1: I was so frustrated. Well, he has a new family he has to tend to now, so, you know. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. and so he gets to pick and choose, and so I was really frustrated, and I'm not trying to bash him. And I listen, I, I, I've i moved on, but uh, I mean, I feel like this you're just tough. being accurate. I'm just being honest. This yeah. is my truth, but it was really rough for me because it was the one night I had off, so I was recording. Yep. I had uh, to edit. I had all these things I had to do. And it really threw a wrench in my schedule. I think being a good single mom is being very agile. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta, you know, take the punches and roll with it, you know. Uh, But it's hard. I'm not going to say it's not. But the one thing I do do (laughs) when I say that uh, is I stay, I'm very, I'm always staying very firm on boundaries, firm on rules for my child. Um, But it's funny when you mentioned the podcast thing. I'm also very open with her. You know, the yeah. real world, the world is not rainbows and butterflies. It's rough out here. I don't want to set her up for unrealistic expectations of what this world is. Yeah. And that's a big thing as a parent, too, I feel like. I'm not saying I'm doing an incredible job. I think so. I mean, she has straight A. She's a really good girl. I'm very proud of her. She is. Thank yeah. you. She is such a good girl. And, and that's my little hope. That's my little heart right there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're not perfect, and it's okay. I mean, we're yeah. all just trying to do the best that we can with what we have, but getting frustrated this past week, like I was so frustrated and I was angry at the school and they said, you know, you gotta get a test, but there's no, I didn't have any tests and nobody had tests and I, I can't take off work to spend two hours to wait in line to tell me that my kid has a cough you know what i mean like i was just like i'm done with that and also i know she i knew it wasn't covid she just and i honestly i feel like she kind of was like i want to go home so i was like oh man you can't pull that anymore
0: yeah (laughs) these aren't
1: the days of that we're not going to watch real fortune or uh, prices right in the middle of the day here and have like mcdonald's for lunch that's not how this is going to work okay um but i don't know i'm thank you for that i'm trying as hard as i can it's 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 rough. There's some days that I definitely fail, but then yeah. I just always pick myself up, dust myself off and move on.
0: <laughs> yeah. But how do you, how do you keep the magic of like, like childhood and also be realistic? Because I know a lot of parents are trying to do that right now.
1: I don't know if I've ever really been a magical parent. What <laughs> i about, take her, I'm taking her to Disney World. That's um, magical. What about like Christmas how do you so she found out about Santa Claus when she was seven years old wow, and so okay. um, I just I just I don't know I kind of just keep it very real with her and I also tell her I'm like hey listen like I don't do I told you earlier when I got out of debt I don't do big Christmases anymore yeah. I don't spend a lot of money on Christmas so we go places we travel we have experiences like I said um, and I don't know that's I,
0: so cruel you mean you give her memories that she's going to remember for the rest of her life instead of a, <laughs> yeah. a piece of plastic from China right Terrible exactly mom. I know awful
1: uh, I don't know. I try, I try to make her life great. Sometimes I feel bad. Sometimes I feel really bad. And I feel like I failed her as a mother because of the father that I picked for her. I have a lot of guilt with that. That's my own internal struggles. I'm not perfect. Yeah. Um, that's rough, but I try to just, I try to just give her the best life that she can have when she's well-behaved, but she's so always, always so well-behaved. I don't have that problem. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. I just keep it real with her. But I mean, I also, you know, I let her do fun things. Like I bought her those little like disco lights for the house. And I let her and her friends dance all over the kitchen counter and make potions and do fun stuff like that. Um, That's magical. Yeah, we do fun stuff like that. But I also keep it very real. And I'm like, hey, uh, we can't be acting like that. Or, you know, hey, this is happening. Or, hey, I don't have money this month to buy you whatever you think you need right now. Um,
0: (laughs) Kids think they need a lot.
1: Yeah, but it's. I want to talk about the podcast thing really quick because being a sex podcaster is a rare uh, job (laughs) to have.
0: Especially as a mom. Especially
1: as a mom. And it's something that a lot of people ask me about. And what I like to say is, you know, I'm not, of course, not going to share graphic details with her, but she's approaching that age. In fact, I was thinking about making an episode about this because... The kids are talking and all these kids are walking around with a computer in their pocket and they have access to things that I didn't have access to as a child. Uh, You know, I had to look at my dad's Easy Riders if I wanted to see something like that. (laughs) And so these kids, it's out there and it's online. And so I'm going to keep it real with her. When I was raised, my mom didn't talk to me about sex or about periods or about anything like that. And so I'm going to keep it very real. Of course, I'm not going to be graphic, but I am going to keep it real. I mean, because if not, some other stranger is going to teach her it, you know? Right. And
0: who knows what they're going to.
1: She is under strict orders about. to never google me, <laughs> to never listen to my really? show. Yeah. It's nerve-wracking cuz like her and her friends, they can google, they use Siri, you know, so they could say midlife craving podcast, listen and Do you think it's a respect thing at that
0: point though? Like she she respects I do think that. you she, to the level where and, and you respect her to the level where you don't have to block that stuff. You're just like, I trust you not to look this up. I've told you. I
1: think to. she also knows that if she does cross that line, she's going to get her tail burned.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I, mean,
1: I think she's a little, she lives in fear of me. And that's a good thing. She should. If I give her one look, ding, ding, <laughs> <fear>. <laughs> which rarely happens because <laughs> she is she is always back back tra-
0: spanking, I think, as as a father myself i'm not a father
1: but you're probably gonna get blasted for saying that but i am a big believer in that
0: i'm (laughs) i would actually really enjoy being canceled i feel like my Mm -hmm. haters are like kind of lazy i haven't been canceled yet they haven't they haven't really tried that much i got a bunch (laughs) of flack for having carol baskin on
1: really yeah those people because she killed her husband or something supposedly allegedly yeah yeah like
0: i i want to get back to that thing but like real quick (laughs) um when I had her on, I had a bunch of people like reach out to me and like a couple of them found like some of my uh, like personal contact information that I I, I don't give out. Um, mm-hmm. If And if I have listeners of the show, they know that they can reach me by email. If somebody emails me from the show, I respond in like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. If you DM me, I'm going to respond within like an hour. Like mm-hmm. I like to talk to the people that listen. But um, somebody found my personal contact information, I think through Facebook. And they reached out and they were like, you're a piece of shit. I can't believe you had Carol Baskin on. And I actually, I'm kind of obsessed with, this sounds so corny, but like I'm obsessed with people that don't like me because I'm like, how could you not like me? Like, I'm fantastic. Like, I want to study you. Like, what's? (laughs) I it's such an inflated (laughs) ego thing. Uh, We were just talking about ego. But I sent them my cell phone number and I was like, call me. Like, I want to know what your grievances are. And they called me and they were like, here are my grievances. And they were an idiot. And I was like, this is why you're an idiot. But... um what we were talking about. I just
1: want to interject really quick because I'm yes. gonna give you a little lesson. Yes. That's the difference between you and me. I would have paid that no mind. I would have given none of my Oh I love it. Energy to that. I love it. Because but be it's, careful how it's, much it's, you surround yourself with that because it will bring you down.
0: That's that's true. So but it's also like somebody's taking the time to really put some energy behind not liking me. Like the least I can do is interact and tell them why they're an idiot, right? Come uh, on. <laughs> I, I'm trying to be a good person like Because
1: this is out of love. <laughs> no. Don't waste your energy
0: on that. And hate you, is just even if, the other side of the coin of love.
1: But even if you did change their mind, do you want to surround yourself with? A oh, person like I'm that? not. I think
0: you should be to right. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm definitely like a dead right person. Like I'd rather be dead and right than alive. I think. But <laughs> which is it's such a it's such a great trait. Um, I think my thing with people that don't like me, especially people that don't like the show, is that. I don't think they're coming from any intelligent place and so it's kind of fun that they're there. It's like it's like talking to a flat earther. you're just like like you're here like that's cool like I, I didn't know that you could even exist. There's so many things that that prove that you're wrong that like it, it's it's fun for me. I don't know.
1: I want you to think of yourself on such a high level that you can't even see that far down to reach back to them. But I like that's where I'm
0: at. I like that. I mean, I'm proud of you for being (laughs) there. I'm I'm still in the slop. I like the slop.
1: (laughs) Okay, roll around. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I'll send you my haters. Yeah, I would love your haters. Can uh, I borrow some?
1: What oh, my we, goodness. We were
0: talking about something.
1: Single momming. And and I want to say this, too, really quick. You yeah. know, a lot of moms do shame me. A lot of people shame me for my show and the things that I say and the way I express myself, which is fine. Yeah. That's their insecurities. But people say to me, you know, Adrian, what's going to happen when your daughter finds out about this? And I say to them, does your child have a cell phone? Because here's a rule for all the parents out there. If your child has a cell phone, they have seen a penis. Okay. Period. Point blank. Period. And yeah. that's a good. That's a good rule. That's a good rule of thumb when you think when your child should have a phone. Are you prepared for them to look at sex? Because that's what's happening. Uh, yeah. So, and I would hope that I will expect my daughter to be in a place where our relationship is so strong she can come talk to me about those things. So yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's a better way to do it mm-hmm. than like it's not there.
1: Right. I'm not promoting it, but I'm also you know no. I'm not gonna act like it's not real because she's gonna she's gonna find that out from all of her friends so
0: (laughs) yeah I just I think that doing things like that and just trying to be more honest without giving all the details away Mm -hmm. when they're too young is like I don't know like that makes a lot of sense to me Mm -hmm. because you're not you're not building it up to be something so big it's like don't look behind the curtain Mm -hmm. it's like yeah, like there's a curtain and there's somebody behind the curtain. Right. And this is what you need to know right now. Right. And it's normal to be curious. And then as you progress and as you get older, I expect us to have mature conversations about mm-hmm. it. You can ask me whatever you want, mm-hmm. and I, I will teach you the appropriate things at the appropriate times.
1: Absolutely, it's like that movie Mean Girls. I'm not a I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Like it's so it's so bad and. And I think being like a guy, like I see that with women that are my age that have those moms. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's like a male equivalent. It's, oh, you know what the male equivalent is? Is, It's the, it's not the cool mom. It's the coddling mom for men where it's like my baby's perfect. I I mean, I went to school with some of these guys. They are so messed up. They have so many problems.
1: I call that a man child, and I steer very clear of them. I don't, yeah. I don't need another child in my life.
0: I'm a recovering man child, <laughs> honestly. <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: Living at home,
1: you know, realizing it is your first step, exactly. <laughs> accepting exactly.
0: that. You know what we were talking about? We were talking about spanking.
1: Okay. Here's my mm, here's I my best By the way, just put that on <laughs> into the world. I was talking about like what parenting and
0: child back. rearing, but. No. Uh, but uh, here's here's my best attempt at getting canceled for being traditional. Okay. I don't think that you should hit your child. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's something that should happen. However, I was a bad kid. Mm-hmm. And when I was a bad kid, and if it was just my mom home, I knew that my dad was going to get a call at work. And then when he came home, he was going to have a conversation. And if it didn't go right, I was probably going to get a spanking. I got the belt. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's throughout the gener- – like,
1: he would always tell
0: me, he's like, listen, like, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not that bad. Like, I used to get hit with a belt, right? So, it's it's kind of progressed to, like, now, like, kids don't get hit. And, again, like, I don't condone hitting your kids. But, like, a spanking where you're not, like, trying to hurt the kid. You're just trying to be like, hey, I'm here, mm-hmm. and and you are very small, and I am in charge of you. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's – I, I would prefer that over a screaming.
1: The biggest – worry and the biggest fail of our society and culture as a whole is the everyone gets a trophy mentality
0: it's so brutal
1: it's yeah and so you have these parents who think their child can do no wrong and they grow up thinking the world's like that too it's very distorted and they get a major reality check you know i'd like to prepare her for that
0: people are obsessed with equality of outcome Mm -hmm. and i and and we were talking about this a little bit before the show um I'm a big believer that people should have equal opportunities. Mm-hmm. But equal opportunities does not mean that you are going to be as successful as the person next to you. Right. Because it doesn't work that way. It doesn't way. yes. But it seems like a lot of like we're losing accountability
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then people aren't successful. Hard work ethic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then instead of like taking a look in the mirror, like you said, and saying like, I'm fat or like I'm a loser and I don't work hard. That was me at my last job. Mm-hmm. Like I After my last job, I was like, yeah, like I, I didn't work as hard as I should have. And the company picked up on that and they were like not happy with me. Mm -hmm. And after that, it was like a big change because I was held accountable. Right. People don't think about that. And then they're like, well, Jeff Bezos. And I'm like, what do you mean, Jeff Bezos? Mm -hmm. Like, you've never had a real job in your life. Your parents paid for everything you've ever gotten. Mm -hmm. And then everything that you haven't gotten since because they stopped, you've just blamed on other people despite the fact that you haven't looked for a good job, mm-hmm. you've never worked hard a day in your life, and you blame everything on other people. Yep. Like that mentality and that like everyone should end up in the same spot. Mm-hmm. That's not how things work. I know. If, you make, if you make terrible decisions in your 20s, your 30s are probably not going to be great.
1: I want to talk about something. I feel like I have to say this. Do it. Have you ever heard of opportunity cost? Yes. I'm a big believer yep. in opportunity cost. Ramsey girl right here. Yeah. So listen, yep. so... A big story of mine is when I was in college. So I was an undergrad, and I was the only one out of all of my friends that went to college. And I was struggling, struggle bus. I was bartending six nights a week. I was taking five classes every semester. Uh, I was driving a 1995 Nissan Sentra that had 230 something thousand miles on it. <laughs> I was like, literally, like beast. I was riding a struggle bus, living the dream in college. <laughs> I was barely getting by. I worked at TGI Fridays, and the reason why I worked there is so I could <laughs> eat. So you know it was a struggle. So my friends were out there getting jobs. So they were starting yeah. at like $30,000 a year. This is back in 2001. So right. <laughs> I'm aging myself, but, and I would look at them, they got a new car and then they're settling down they're getting married. You know, was, I'm still in school. And then I went straight to grad school. So I was still struggling. And it was funny to me because like a lot of my friends are making you know 40 to 50. And then yeah. when I got out of college, I got my first job at 75 K. Right. Yep. And some of my friends were like, well, that's not fair. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I paid my dues. That was my opportunity yeah. cost. All of those years. Just today, I was talking about how I've been in meetings all morning. I was editing my show and then coming here to record. Do you think I don't want to be downstairs drinking beers next to your dad watching the football game? <laughs> yeah, that's me. I want to be doing that. But this is my opportunity cost, and you got to pay every day. Those dues are due every day. So yeah. people don't have that mentality, and they can't see it. Uh, but when you're when you're here in our space. We get it and we understand it. So everybody wants to be handed something nowadays. Yeah, I have zero tolerance for people like that.
0: I mean, we see people try and fail all the time. Mm -hmm. And then we see people who have never tried and they expect... To have the same as the people who tried and right. failed, 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 mm-hmm. failed, and then something worked out.
1: Right. Everybody sees the everybody sees the beautiful, polished podcast girl on the, you know, the cover yeah. of my uh, artwork. And they see the fun photo. shows. Thank you. <laughs> my friend Derek is amazing. They see the, you know, all the shows and the fun. They think it's so much fun, uh, podcasting. They don't see the grit and the grind. They didn't see me no. sweating for the last three hours trying to get six tracks edited all together, tied up with a pretty little bow. Yeah, just uh, to give
0: context, like I, I called you earlier today, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What are you doing?" And you're like, "Yeah, I've been editing all day. <laughs> I'm excited to come over tonight and record like four and a half, half is, hours." Yeah, this is this is how it works.
1: Mm-hmm. People but don't no, get it. All they see is see the, the tip of that iceberg, they don't see the ground, and they also see a. It's not linear. It's not, none of life is a linear process. Whether you're going through a divorce, whether you're going through growth, whether you're starting a new career yeah. or you know a new venture. It's a lot of zigzags and there's a lot. One step forward, two steps back. Yep. You know? No one sees that though. Yeah. They don't want to see it. <laughs> no.
0: I have a lot of people that um through uh my college that I went to, they'll send me like kids who are like, Yeah, like I wanna start a podcast like you, or like I wanna do this like marketing business, or like I wanna do this or that. Mm-hmm. And um, because of I-, I think the school and and uh the you know just I think a lot of people that go to that school are very ambitious, which is fantastic. I'm proud to be an alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them have kind of that realistic mentality kind of already figured out, which is nice. But some of them don't. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that my new line that I've been using for them is like, you have to be prepared to get, you know, when I first started out, I'd get like six lessons mm-hmm. every single episode. Mm-hmm. I'd get like six or ten and, like, that's that that's a decent amount when you're starting out. But, like, I want you to be prepared to do that and then put something together that you spend 20 hours on, which I've done, podcasts, mm-hmm. projects, and then it flops. And then I want you to keep going. And then I want you to have that happen 10 more times. And then I want you to have another episode comes out that gets three listens. And then mm-hmm. I want you to still believe in yourself and still keep going. Because if you're not prepared for that, you will not make it.
1: So, fun fact, did you know the average podcast gets 30 listens? Really? 30. That's all. And did you know the average lifespan of a podcast is seven episodes? That's mm. it. Mm-hmm. That is it. We're, we're past so that. I, I know. When I think about my numbers, I'm like, God damn. Like, I, know, let me throw my hair back. But, you know, seriously, 30. 30 listens. Can Isn't you, that crazy? Can
0: you write down what your average number is? Can I don't you? mind
1: saying it. I'm around the 10,000 mark right now. I'm trying Part to get to episode? 20. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. So You're I'm trying to get there. to 20. I, know. I won't even
0: say mine. Mine's so low. Uh, do <laughs> You're
1: like I was like I'm not a yeah, yeah,
0: I was like giving you an out. Like, it's yeah, write TikTok. it down. And you're like, yeah, I've got like twenty thousand. No, <laughs>
1: I wish that's my goal. I, I'm telling you right now, get on TikTok. That's where I it's at. I, I hated TikTok I too. It. I loathed TikTok, but my TikTokers. That's when my show exploded. Really? Seriously, that's when my viewership doubled. Listenership. Mm. Listenership is that a word? I need yeah. to get on YouTube. Viewership is what I need. I need. I got to get on YouTube. Yeah, listenership's a thing. Listenership. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. TikTok. You can see my charts. Yeah. It is like a steep curve up when I went viral on TikTok for the first time.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to have to get back on TikTok. Get
1: on there and manipulate that tool. It is a powerful, powerful tool. And go live. I've been going live a lot lately. Really? Mm-hmm. Really I got to do
0: uh, Sex Tip Tuesdays. Mm-hmm.
1: Just the Tip Tuesdays. Okay. Yeah. So I, I I dropped the Tuesday. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. yeah. Ex- explain what that is for people who haven't listened to your show. Well, I'm it.
1: hoping that people know what the game Just the Tip is. I don't know.
0: They, they know what the. I'm not asking you to explain okay. the game. Okay, okay. I'm asking you to explain <laughs> your segment.
1: So I do sex tips. Uh, I was doing every Tuesday, but you know, there was a lot of pressure. And then I felt like I wanted to give a tip on a Friday. And I'm like, well, it's not Tuesday. So I kind of dropped that. Yeah. I just do Just the Tips whenever it strikes my fancy. Yep. And that's kind of been working for me. Uh, I share a lot of that. I also, I'm trying to think, some of my most popular TikToks are just me showing behind the scenes of like, I talk about. I I feel like I talk about preparing for a D appointment, right? And all the things that I do. Yep. And there's a lot that uh, many people don't talk about. And so those are the things that have gone viral for me. Uh, tips really? and tricks in in and outside of the bedroom. Almost so.
0: like being authentic, like kind of works.
1: Absolutely. All day, so every weird. day. Mm-hmm. So weird. Yep.
0: I used to do this show like very button up. Like I'd wear like a nice polo, do my hair, like do all that stuff. <laughs> Everything like had to be perfect. Yes. It's like. I was like I can't say this. Can't say that. Mm-hmm. I, have to, I still have like some of that stuff. I mean, we talked about that a little mm-hmm. bit. But like now I'm just like I want to be myself.
1: It's so funny you mentioned that because my f- most popular TikToks are me with no makeup on. <laughs> like my the first one that went viral, I was like drunk. <laughs> <I> was like <laughs> on the toilet. I swear to god. <laughs> I was on the toilet and it went viral. I, I remember I woke up to like 100 notifications, 100,000 notifications. I was like, oh my God. Oh my, oh my God. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. I went from, I had eight listeners. So I was doing big things out there. And then I went from eight to like 35K overnight that one video. It was no insane. Way. I know. But isn't I gotta, that wild? I gotta get back on TikTok. By the way, you can make money on TikTok as a really? creator. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep.
0: Yeah, I might, I might have to get back on TikTok. You
1: have to get back. Plus, if you're not on TikTok, then where are you at? See, listen, it's a culture. Like, I talk. My girlfriend gets so TikTok. annoyed
0: with me because she's like, my girlfriend's always like, yeah, like, did you, like, that one audio, like, all the videos under that are so funny. I'm like, I don't, I don't so have daughter, it. I my daughter,
1: my daughter, see, and it. if you don't get it, you don't get it. Like, my daughter was, the other day, she was in the car, She's like, okay, let's go. And I,
0: I like, get that, see, oh this God. is my problem, is I got rid of TikTok, because I'm like, I'm wasting so much of my life on this thing. Yeah. And then I moved to Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts, and I'm still wasting my life.
1: All that is, is delayed TikTokers. Yeah. It's I delayed TikTok. I, I love when my friends are like, I'm not on TikTok, on TikTok, but look at this Reel. I'm like- Bitch, that's TikTok. You're still on TikTok. It's, <laughs> yeah, that's it's the TikTok. same shit. Yeah, it is. It's the same shit. But it's so funny. I love TikTok. I talk TikTok. <laughs> All day, I, I every love day. it,
0: but I I hate it at the same. I had I this uh, I had this hate podcast episode that I did <laughs> about TikTok, and it was called. I thought I was so edgy. I was like, the problem with TikTok, and the cover <laughs> art was like a smashed phone, and I was like, I'm gonna expose TikTok <laughs> right TikTok here, right is now. A
1: powerful tool. I love my TikTokers. I love being on TikTok. I love I I love it. I think it's amazing that regular people can become. You know, big personalities in a space, and I think I think the creativity on TikTok is absolutely insane. The
0: comedy too, I think is amazing. The biggest video I've ever done on TikTok, I think it was like fifty or sixty thousand views. Mm -hmm. Was um, my dog Buster, who you got to meet? Mm -hmm. Very rare, by the way. Most of my guests have never met Buster. Oh, really? You you should feel very honored (laughs) to have met the boy. He just got neutered last week. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Don't tell me that. I know. (laughs) (laughs)
0: anywho um my biggest video was he was running around crazy like the zoomies Mm -hmm. and i was recording him and i was yelling at him and i do like this like stupid voice like oh my god what is happening yeah and he was running around and he was running down the steps and he started pooping while he was running down the steps and i was like oh he's shitting on the stairs and like it blew up and i woke up the next morning and my brother like woke me up and he was like the video, the video that we did it has like 60,000 views. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. And and the best person I will, t- I mean, I don't know if he can help everybody. But the best person I've ever met that does TikTok is Steve Rajiani, who's uh, come on the show before. He's the founder of Ate It, which is going to be the biggest app mm-hmm. in like three years. I mean, biggest thing ever for finding wow. food. It's huge. Um, huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, uh, he explained to me TikTok one time because his videos always did well, and I was like, "How are you doing so well?" And he was like, "Cause I don't bullshit. Mm-hmm. My face is in the frame. Yes, and the way my videos flow is easy to watch. There's always something happening, and you're not bored." Mm-hmm. And he's like your TikToks need a little bit of work and I'll help you out. And like from that is, is how I I kind of went viral a little bit and like had some good stuff blow up. So shout out to Steve Raggiani, <laughs> doing big things with it.
1: <laughs> another thing too is use captions. A lot of people listen yeah. to TikTok in silence because they're next, to their spouse or family or kids, or whatever works, they're at work. They're at work. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so use captions. That's another big thing. That's another That's tip. Huge. Just the tip. That's
0: huge. How do I, how do I get my podcast from three listens an episode to... <laughs> It's not that bad. Get
1: on TikTok.
0: I'm telling you. I'll tell you, I don't tell anybody my numbers. My numbers are above the average. Mm -hmm. They're it's a couple times multiple the Mm -hmm. average. There you go. Between between three and ten times the average. Which is but I but I still (laughs) but it's not it's not as high as I want it to be. So I gotta get on TikTok. I think I'm also I'm just gonna steal your brand. I'm gonna start wearing a blonde wig.
1: Got it. Big, okay. Big.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna need plastic surgery and and get some things touched up. I mean,
1: really, let's be honest. Sex sells, so it's a little easier for me. You know, come on.
0: Yeah, but also, like, you're you're innovating this market, though. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to belittle the work that you've done by being like, oh, yeah, thanks. like like she's an attractive woman who talks about sex. Yeah, like, that's not the only reason that you mm-hmm. do well. Mm-hmm. Just like the main one. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, most of these men think they're gonna sleep with me and that's not gonna happen.
0: <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day about your podcast and, like, what, who do you think is like your main audience? Like, is it men or is it women or like Funny what you, just, is, funny you how mentioned does that this work? because I was
1: just talking to my new business partner this afternoon. Oh, fancy. We yes, yeah, so and we were discussing, you know, what my audience is and I'm trying to reach more women. So it was Ben, oh my God, it was like 80 20, 80% Oof. men. I know it was rough, Oof. but because of TikTok, and also being on other shows has gotten me, I'm at 64% men. Okay. So
0: I'm getting better. Okay, we've got the women up a little bit. I know,
1: I want I want more women <laughs> because that's my demo, right? Like that's, I'm trying to normalize this phase of life. Not. I'm not just a, all about sex. Yes, I'm yeah. a sex podcaster, but my show is a lot about my journey. I think people listen to my show and they're like, oh, wow, like, she does have a brain, you know what I mean. Um, and it's there's a lot more to my show than just that. Yeah. Uh, so I got her, I'm trying to reach my girls. So
0: I like that. Mm-hmm. I've I've definitely got some people that I think would would be interested in coming on as soon as we figure yeah. out the virtual recording stuff. I know.
1: I think I'm, 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 I'm nailing it down. I, I am. know you've
0: you've got it. You've got it going Yeah, yeah. It, it was a little out. It
1: was uncomfortable for me It was a little out of my element I like being face to face with people I also like the audio quality Much better but, This is um, ten times better Than doing it virtual So much better virtual. But I like
0: I, I think the problem And we're talking about this today Like I but Neither one of us makes enough To like fly people out
1: But uh, Yeah no But, <laughs> 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 but Who's but doing together,
0: that? <laughs> but together We'll fly one person out a month Okay And then we'll share them
1: I mean I could do that Yeah there you we go You should
0: do that for sure <laughs> Um, no, but it's like, you got to put them
1: up too, or just pay for the,
0: (laughs) you know what? They'll sleep in your house. You have a huge freaking house.
1: (laughs) I got plenty of room.
0: Exactly. Mm. But I think that's the thing too, is like, I, I stopped doing video as much. Like I haven't released video in, in a while and I've just been trying to do like this or virtual and it's just audio and people are like 10 times more comfortable and they talk about
1: yeah, so much I, more stuff. Now, see, that's a good lesson for me to learn because I've never done video. Yeah. Ever. And uh I feel like I'm missing that. But I can see what you're saying. When someone's on camera, that's a whole different ballgame.
0: I know yeah, so I know you're you're trying to push to that direction. And I think for you that's good. Um because you, I don't, think about you don't my have guests, a dad though. bod. But (laughs) No,
1: stop. No, but for real, I didn't think about that. What about my guests? Because it's already enough. You know, people say, I'm going to be a podcaster. I'm going to do podcasting and I'm going to be a guest on a podcast. When this microphone gets in front of your face, it's pressure. It's a lot. It's a whole different game. And there's a lot of stumbling, a lot of bumbling, a lot of ums and likes and, mm -mm, you know, and it's, it's tough to get on here and speak. You get really nervous. I've had some guests where I've had to press pause and I'm like, Hold it, sauce. <laughs> like, let's calm down. Uh, that's why I think drinking's involved a lot with podcasting yep. because it helps, you know, even and uh, calm people down. But it's so yeah. funny,
0: too, because, like, I don't I don't like condone drinking like to have a good time, but like mm-hmm. to record a good episode. Like it
1: just feels good, too.
0: It helps.
1: <laughs> high noon. I mean, we talked. We, <laughs> high noon is
0: great. Like, Hi noon is if the you're best. Listening, sponsor us. Peach flavor. Uh, mm. Although I did say that we should still be spanking kids. We, we would like a sponsorship. Okay. Is that cancelable? I feel like I'm not... I need to do something that's, like, light cancelable.
1: You want to you spank kids, and I want to be spanked. That's the difference between me and you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's other differences, but, like... That's
1: that's one distinct difference. Either. I just think
0: it's so rude that you assume that I don't want to be spanked. It's just, I mean, it, you're like assuming listen, my preferences. It's oh my just, God,
1: if, this is so funny. So I, one of the things I always preach is I don't kink shame. I have a lot yeah. of interesting guests on my show and I always talk to people like, what do you crave? And I actually asked someone this the other night at, um, I was at the brewery down the street and I asked the bartender, I go, what's your kink? And he, I could tell he was like, <laughs> buff, he was like, uh, uh, and the other bartender counts to me and she was like, Adrian, oh my God. She was like. He just asked, "What's a kink?" Oh <laughs> like, no, he needs to listen to my podcast. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You got to get him set up. I know. I was like, that "Oh would, man, that would but be good." Let me ex- let me expand your horizons, my friend.
0: You were listen. There were <laughs> some. I, I had my horizons expanded the other day when you did that uh, question thing on Instagram, and you're asking people their kinks. Oh, I'm not a kink one? shamer, but yeah. I like some of them. I was like, you should probably be shamed. I, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, that's like that's that's a little like I, I I like to think of myself as like like a traditional person, but like I'm progressive in in some ways. That makes you like not a shitty person. I mm-hmm. feel like that's how we should probably primarily be. But like, yeah, like that one was screwed up. Like, so, I don't know.
1: Can I tell you? I, yeah. As you get older, this is another thing that comes with age. You open your mind a lot more. And I feel like I've really been evolving. Like, I kissed a girl for the first time last month.
0: Congratulations. And I liked it.
1: <laughs> and I was like, that's okay, not Katie my thing. Perry. I know, I know. It was funny. Uh, I was with Baywatch and the next morning I woke up and he was like singing that song to me. He's like, you kissed a girl, you liked it. I'm don't. i, don't, I don't, I'm not going to quit my day job and just put that out there. But uh, And I was like, wow, because I've always been so closed minded about girl on girl. And like, you know, I yeah. opened myself up to the lifestyle and I'm like, Oof, but I don't do girls. I'm not into girls. So like yeah. FMF is not for me. And uh you know, once you open you unlock like a Pandora's box in you're your like, head, and you're oh, like, oh yeah, maybe this could be fun. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's not a no. <laughs> and that's a good thing. You know? Yeah. And explore and expand. And I'm sure people have a lot to say about that, but I don't care. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't care.
0: I'm I think really what I wanted to capture in this episode was I would like to be canceled. I feel like the-
1: <laughs> not a good thing i don't want to be canceled i actually want to you know know what i want to cancel cancel culture that's what i want to cancel it's really
0: bad yeah i'm over it it. it's really really bad yeah because it's almost like people think differently about different things and that's okay
1: it is it's what make the world go around and you know what else i don't want people to be scared to you know Try something new, or expand their horizons, or start yeah. a new business because they're scared of being canceled. That sucks. What
0: What would other people that would think?
1: really cut a lot of creativity out of this world, and that would be yeah. really sad. So,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. I agree.
1: Cancel, cancel culture.
0: Let's cancel it. I think <laughs> I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, this has been my episode with Adrian Hollister, good friend of mine, fantastic podcaster, and single mom. Yes, and you better put some respect <laughs> on her name. Damn it.
1: Redefining midlife. (laughs) Redefining
0: midlife. Adrian, if they want to find your stuff, your your ventures, or uh, the podcast, what's the best way they can do that?
1: So you can listen to me anywhere you listen to podcasts, Midlife Craving, or you can go to midlifecraving.com. Also, I suggest going there and checking out my links. Uh, I share a lot of fun things. I'm a big toy person. Also, I have games that I've created to play with your partner on my show, uh, and they're on my website available. You just print them out and play with your partner. So it's a great way, like a great icebreaker for the room. Not, not everybody is as comfortable as I am. Yeah. And then over on Instagram, I, I would say that's an <laughs> understatement. <laughs> and then over on Instagram, I'm at Midlife Craving, and like you said, I always try to respond to my DMs as well. Yeah. People get really surprised. They're like, "Oh my god, I can't be written back." So I always try to so reach out to me. And then yep. on, especially
0: if you're a lonely man. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> I got two if, on my roster right now. I'm yeah. If you're a lonely man,
0: don't reach out. Yeah, no. it's
1: not... <laughs> and then on TikTok at Midlife Craving Podcast. So. Come follow me and have fun. Learn some tips.
0: Yeah, guys, check her out. If you want to listen to more Tots Podcast, you can do that at the website. It's very creative. It's (laughs) totspodcast.com. If you want to check us out on social media, we have Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I think we have a Twitter. Uh, All of that is going to be at Totscast. You can listen to me literally wherever except for Amazon. I got to throw that on there. I don't have that yet. What? I'm on Google. I'm on... Well, I'll help Spotify. you. Spotify, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Google, Spotify, Apple. Those are the best. Those are the big three. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you for listening. You allow me to do what I love to do, which is having cool ass people <laughs> like Adrian Hollister on of Midlife Craving. And uh, I will see you next time. We have a fantastic guest for next week. Can't announce it yet. Too big to share. But you guys are gonna love it. And I'll see you next time.